They're here. It was just a matter of time. Scared Bane with them? Don't see him. Any news on the others? Would be a miracle if any survived. All three Gotras of Mosespa turned on us. It was the smart move. It was. I suppose you'll be heading out. I'm not. You should. It's against the creed. I gave you my word. I'm with you until we both fall. You really buy into that bent of thought of? I do. Good. Bucketheads, Mevar Tigar, welcome to the 131st Boba and Din as Butch and Sundance episode of MandoVision, Nargai Tom, and thank you so much for checking out this small, independent Star Wars podcast. The best way to find us is, of course, on social media at Mando underscore Vision, Twitter, Instagram. If you if you're aren't following, why not? Come on, support the show. We love it so much. Make sure to... Uh, 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 you know, like, subscribe, and share the show with all the other Mandalorians in your covert. And remember, you can reach out long-form emails, by the way, mandivisiontom at gmail.com. I'm tripping all over myself already. I'm so excited. I'm so fired up to talk to you all about this episode. Uh, we, we are here. This is the, the final book of Boba Fett Wednesdays for the Mandivision podcast, at least until we know if there's a season two. And then we'll be back again doing this in another year or so. Or maybe, maybe it's going to alternate with the Mandalorian and we'll do this again in you know, two years from now. <laughs> we'll have to see how it goes. We're, we're still waiting for, for news on that front. If this will continue, if this will continue, will, will Boba's story weave in and out of the Mandalorian, much the way that Din's story kind of uh, started to weave its way into the book of Boba Fett in, the, in, the, in those uh, last two episodes before this one. That shifted our focus back on the title character himself, Boba J. Fett. I'm the, I made the J up. It's like Homer J. Simpson. But, and Fennec Shan in their quest to become the, the daimyo of Tatooine and, and establish a new type of, I don't know, I won't say rule over Tatooine, but like a more uh, honorable, a more uh, uh, respectable approach to running a criminal empire on Tatooine. Uh, one that uh, 
doesn't cost the lives of, of many innocent people in the process. Uh, so yeah, we're here to discuss about it because it was the final chapter. It just dropped today. As Once again, I stayed up very, very late to watch it and went to work very, very early, and I didn't care. I was happy to do it. I was delighted by what I saw on the screen. And we're, we're going to talk a lot about uh, the various components of this episode, the way it all kind of comes together. Uh, and, and I'm going to say right now, just I'll get to, to my main point. Uh, I, I think this episode comes together really nicely. I think it, it, it brings everything in that it's set up in its earlier episodes and pays it all off. Uh, is it a little bit kind of checking the boxes? Like, hey, we set this up in episode one. We set this up in episode two. We set this up in, you know, and so on and so forth. And then it all comes together in this episode. Sure, it's a little bit like that. But it's so dang fun. It's so darn fun that I don't really care. I had a, a, a truly wonderful time watching the episode. And I, I think that's the thing we have to remember about Star Wars at, at this point. is like, are, are you having fun? And if you're not having fun, then, then I respect that and I, and I understand that. Uh, because I know there's a lot of people who want something else from Star Wars. And, and I, I, can, I can sympathize with that. I can understand that. You know, if you think back to, to before the show launched uh, and, and when I would sort of talk about what I sort of wanted to see personally from the show, uh, I, I look back at that now and I think my expectations were, were far too lofty, uh, far too complex for, for what Star Wars storytelling really is at, at, at its core, uh, which, is, which is, well, listen, Star Wars storytelling at its core is a lot of different things. But essentially, it's it's uh, direct. It is in your face, and it is um, about your enjoyment, right? They're not doing they're not doing like that that hard hitting, uh, uh, Breaking Bad, Game of Thrones kind of TV where we're gonna chart uh, Star Wars in a whole new way. That doesn't seem to be the path that Disney wants to take with Star Wars. You know, we we got we get a little bit deeper exploration of of, of elements of the Star Wars galaxy uh, in the novels. And, and sometimes in the comics as well. Uh, but but the shows, and, and especially the shows right now, because like, there's no movies to, to base this sort of critis, critis, critique off of. Um, but they're, they're just, again, they're just very direct. And, and me having these loftier expectations, um, I think, is not great. It's not, it, it doesn't help my enjoyment of the show. It, it would hinder it. And I think a lot of people, and again, if you, if you didn't like the show, that is totally your prerogative. Uh, and 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 you were well within your rights to not like the show, uh, but I, I would ask you to ask yourself: Were your expectations too high? Were you were you hoping to get something uh, that that just Star Wars isn't? And and I think that's something that that we all have to be honest with ourselves about. Again, go back to the episodes leading into into the show where we sort of talk about and speculate. And I wanted I wanted this show to be some sort of like deep, compelling exploration of the Star Wars uh, criminal underworld throughout the galaxy, not just focus on Tatooine. Uh, I, I wanted to go into uh, all the different cr criminal organizations. I wanted to go into uh, Crimson Dawn and Black Sun and uh, like all the various groups exploring more of the huts and things like that. And I don't think that's what Star Wars is, at, at least not at this moment. You know, Star Wars is still, by and large, family-friendly. Uh, it, it's got a, a strong uh, emphasis towards the younger audience. Uh, but there's plenty there for full-grown adult people to enjoy. And gosh darn it, I enjoyed the heck out of this episode. Again, it pulled all the things all the things it set up, it pulled it all together in this finale. 
which again, is it, is it deep? Is it going to change your fundamental understanding of the Star Wars universe? Your fundamental understanding of Boba Fett and who he is? No, it, it's not. And and if that's what you wanted, um, yeah, I'm so I'm sorry. I guess I guess you know I would have liked that too. Uh, but this is what we got, and I'm happy to take what we get, uh, as as long as it's making me happy on some level, right? That's that's sort of my key component, the in- sheer enjoyment factor, and and that is what I got last night. It was an hour of of pure enjoyment, uh, of, of of Butch Cassidy and the Son is Kid esque, you know, final showdown. Uh, you know, the the had the you had the the mafios element of of the families turning against Boba Fett. Surprise, surprise. The other families, the Aqualish, the Trandosians, and the uh, the uh, the the Klatoonians turning on Boba Fett, siding with the Pikes, making their move again, creating this this final showdown type situation that put Din and Boba in again a very Butch and Sundance esque finale. Now, it works out better for Din and Boba than it did for Butch and Sundance in Bolivia, but the the reference is there, and again, sinking your teeth into that Western vibe. That's what this show does so well. The Mandalorian does so well. Get into that Western element. Keep that show uh, in that kind of um, a venue. And and this episode, I think, works fantastically well. Yeah, you can you can critique parts of it. You can criticize parts of it. And and we should as fans. We can we can have that discussion. But again, I I, I implore civil discourse. If you want to critique uh, my opinions on it, or or. You know, like, what are you talking about? You're being so simple-minded, blah, blah, blah. Like, you can come at me like that if you want. I hope you don't, but you could if you wanted. Again, my enjoyment of this episode is 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 all that I'm really considering at this point. I want to look at the show for what it is and not for what it wasn't. You know, we can talk about what it wasn't at another time. We will be doing a sort of uh, after-action, post-mortem kind of report on the series, and maybe we will talk more in-depth about, you know, what we thought the show could have been and, and, and some of the differences that it, it, they, some of the things they could have done differently. Uh, and maybe we'll have that in this. There's one thing that I sort of wish they had done differently that I will talk about in this episode. Uh, and, and we'll talk about that when we get into the main crux of the show. Uh, and I guess it's about time to do that, right? Like, let, let's go ahead. I've already been babbling on incoherently for 10 minutes or so. And so we might as well get into the show proper. And I, you know what that means, but we're going to do something else a little bit first because there was one, one thing popped in my mind as I was watching the, 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 the sort of showdown, uh, the standoff, if you will. Uh, and that was, that was one line spoken by Emperor Palpatine in Return of the Jedi that I have uh, modified for use on this podcast. So uh, bear with me as I break out my... Not as good as I thought it used to be. <laughs> Impression of Emperor Palpatine right now. Now witness the firepower of this fully armed and operational Boba Fett. Because that's what we got. Boba Fett. Fully armed and operational. All right, let's do it. You know what time it is. Strap on those buckets. Let's go. The way I see it, we have two choices. We wait until they get into position and launch a siege on their terms. Or we rush out there, catch them unaware, then we can escape to your ship at the palace. I can't abandon Mos Espa. These people are counting on me. Okay then. We'll both die in the name of honor. You 
sure you want to stay? This is the way. If I may offer an alternative. All right, let's give credit where credit is due. This is the Book of Boba Fett, Chapter 7, In the Name of Honor. Uh, our plot. Get ready for this scintillating description. Boba Fett and Fennec Shand face an escalating conflict. I feel like that is a dramatic understatement of events. But there you go. This episode directed by Robert, excuse me, Robert Rodriguez. And I think he does a darn fine job. This episode has a real uh, cinematic feel, cinematic vibe to it. Uh, it. You know, if you were upset with like the mod bike chase scene in, in Chapter 3, uh, listen, these TV shows have budgets, right? Like, I, I get it. Disney has all the money in the world. But there's a budget, right? And you got to make that budget work. So sometimes you you, you, know, you maybe uh, take a little bit of extra money from one episode so you can have super cool things in your big finale episode. And I sort of think that's what happened in this episode because we got so much grandiose spectacle in this finale. And, and, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> and we, we will get to that part of the, of the episode. But yeah, this is a VFX-heavy episode of the show. And, you know, money's a thing, right? You know? So you, 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 you pull a few bucks from some other earlier chapters, some earlier episodes, and you put them all in this one. You put them all in this one. And that seems to be what they did here. And I think Robert Rodriguez brought a wonderful uh, visual cinematic scale to the episode uh, as I was uh, delighted. Again, for the entire hour I watched this, this film. And it reminded me in, in many senses of some of Robert's earlier films uh, because Robert Rodriguez has not been shy about going over the top. In, in some of his action films, particularly in earlier in his career. So this this reminded me of those films a lot. Uh, the episode, once again, written by John Favreau and our cast for this week. You know, you know, you know them all right now. You know them, you love them. Tamora Morrison is Boba Fett, Ming Na Wen is Finnick Shand, Pedro Pascal and Brendan Wayne as the Mandalorian, Sophie Thatcher is Drash, Jordan Bulger is Scad, Corey Burton returns as Cad Bane. David Pascal as Mok uses Major Domo, Carrie Jones as Black Crescenton. Matt Berry is 8D8. Phil Lamar is the Pike boss and the Klaatuinian boss. Frank Trigg and Colin Himes as the Gamoran guards. And, you know, so on and so forth. <laughs> but, you know, again, familiar faces that we've seen early in the series pop back up again. And and we get to the nitty-gritty, right? It, it's all been leading to this. The critiques, the comments... You know, Boba Fett's not even the star of his own show anymore. After the last two episodes, focus far more heavily on the Mandalorian. Uh, and then last week, obviously, the, the the live action introduction of Cad Bane. And and Cad is a character we've talked about many times in the past uh, on our Clone Wars the rewatch shows. You all know he's one of my favorite characters from Star Wars the Clone Wars. You know, we've talked about the 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 history that he and Boba have that was supposed to reach a a, a culmination in Star Wars the Clone Wars before the show was canceled unwisely by Disney after they originally purchased Lucasfilm back in the day. Uh, but people, you know, the, the, the deleted scene, the storyboards, the, the, the early animation uh, exists that you can watch of the duel between a young Boba Fett and Cad Bane, uh, where we see how uh, Cad Bane is the one who puts the dent in Boba Fett's helmet, his signature dent that's right there above the, uh, above the on the left side uh, of, his of his dome. And Boba Fett is the one who shoots Cad Bane and is, is the reason why Cad Bane has that metal plate in his head that we first saw back in Star Wars uh, The Bad Batch in Season 1 when Cad is, is going up against Fennec. And then we see it again today um, 
later in the episode uh, when when Cad doesn't have his hat on anymore for reasons. <laughs> I don't know why I'm being coy. You know, we've all watched the episode. Everyone knows this episode is going to be spoiler filled. But for some reason, I'm deciding to play coy with you. <laughs> oh, I am a ridiculous person. And that's all there is to be said about that. But I'm having a blast because this episode made me so gosh darn happy. So let's go ahead and we'll start kind of getting into it from the very beginning. Uh, starting with, with Fennec and Boba surveying the scene of the sanctuary of, of Garsafip's sanctuary that is, was destroyed at the end by the bomb in the Cantono uh, at the end of last week's installment. And uh, you, you have to ask the question, you know, Boba Fett's there. He's being paid money to, to protect. Uh, uh, this seems to be the only establishment he really has any protection uh, money coming in from. And he just let it get blown up. <laughs> so I, in my opinion, Boba Fett not off to a great start in the protection racket. Now, he he may be out there and he's going to get some vengeance for for Garza Flip and 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 the and the many people uh, who died. Not Max Rebo because Max Rebo took the day off or was on a smoke break or something because we didn't see him in that scene. Max Rebo lives to to play the keys another day, and that's all I got to say about that. Uh, but yeah, you gotta you gotta wonder a little bit. Like, mm, I don't know, do I want to pay protection to Boba Fett? He didn't do so good for Garza. Didn't work out for her. No, sir, E. Bob. But this is where they decide they're going to make their stand right here in Mos Espa. They're not going to go back to the palace. They're not going to try to uh, uh, change venues on 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 the on the coming confrontation. And so let's hear the reasoning behind that because I thought it was very interesting. We'll lock down at the palace. It's a bad idea. Was that so? It is. And where do you propose we wait for reinforcements? Here. Here, in these ruins. Nonsense. The palace offers greater protection. If you want to abandon Mas Espa and hide in your fortress, go ahead. We're staying. The people who live here need our protection. We'll stay. It's reasoning that I'm not quite sure I follow because if the Pikes are coming to kill Boba, why wouldn't you take the conflict out of the city to save the people? Um, it's not like the Pikes are, are running around right now shooting innocent people in the head in an effort to draw Boba Fett out. But I digress. It's not my story, and I, I think the ruins make for a fine place to make your, your final stand, a potential final stand for these characters. And, it, and again, it allows the characters to move about into different areas of Mos Espa and for different action sequences to play, take place. You, If you put them back in the palace, yes, there's different rooms and different areas that you can have uh, engagements with, with enemy forces, uh, but it is a little bit limited as far as like what you can do and, and how uh, those scenes are going to play out in a in a in a uh, in the series, right? Like you, you put it into like a, a confined environment, and you're like you're like doing the raid again, right? Or you know something like that. This way, in in the city, you you have different visual elements, different visual cues uh, that sort of work. Like again, when Boba Fett spreads his forces out. You know, the the mods go to the Aquilish territories. The Gamorans are sent up to to uh, watch the Clatoonians, and and, and Black Chrysanthemum 
<laughs> is sent to the Trandoshan territory for some reason. Like, that's not going to provoke any action. But again, I digress. These are the choices that are made. And uh, I, I think it works by and large. Like I said, I, I sort of question the logic, but I think from a, uh, a cinematic, from a, uh, a TV show, a visual sort of perspective, it makes more sense. It makes more uh, for a dynamic action sequences if you have it in the cityscape as opposed to having everything sort of confined in Jabba's palace. From here, we get to catch up with Cad Bane, checking in with the Pike leadership back in Mos Eisley. Uh, and and we, this is where we learn that, yes, indeed, uh, it was the Pike syndicate that eliminated the Tuscans, uh, Boba's adopted Tuscan family, after after the train heist, right? Uh, it was and, and they framed the Nikto Speeder gang for for doing such. And as again, as uh, as Fennec Shan sort of alluded to back in I think it was chapter three, there's no way a Nikto Speeder gang defeated a group of Tuscans. So so Boba Fett should should sort of been processing all this already, anyways. So it should sort of have had this in his mind. And again, I remember speculating that, like, oh, maybe Fennec knows more than she's letting on because maybe Fennec Shannon was involved in all this in back in, back at that time. Maybe this is why Fennec was on Tatooine to begin with as opposed to being just hiding out on the run. Maybe she's picking up some loose change on the way by whacking Tuscans. That proved horribly wrong. And, <laughs> you know, I, I was thinking about this earlier. My my, I don't like to speculate on the show too often because I'm, I'm, I'm wrong far more often than I'm right. Uh, and and I don't like to play that game necessarily to begin with, anyways, because sometimes I think it ruins the fun. Because uh, if if I were to get something right and it happens on the screen, uh, I don't. I'm not really interested in in, in bragging rights. I want to see. I want to. I want to experience that moment and not be like, oh, I knew that was going to happen. I totally called it. That's not what I want to have happen. I want to be like, oh my gosh, that just happened. Holy smokes, I didn't see that coming. And again, the the nature of the podcast, the nature of social media, uh, it makes that harder and harder to do. Uh, but I try my best to make sure that I'm experiencing these things uh, with, a, with, a, with a raw emotional uh, viscera as, as possible when, when I'm watching. So, yeah, speculation, not my strong point, by at the very least. And as we talked about earlier, Star Wars is a lot more straightforward in its storytelling. Despite the fact that betrayal is part of Star Wars's original history, a.k.a. I'm looking at you, Lando, but... They weren't going to go that route. Fennec Shan is seems to be in for a penny and for a pound with Boba and his plan to sort of legitimize himself and elevate himself from being a bounty hunter into uh, running a organization, a crime family, if you will. And let's not delude ourselves. He's still running a crime family here. He has these noble, honorable intentions, but as far as I know, he's it's still against the law to, to run protection rackets and things like that. Though tattooing, what do I know? <laughs> that hopefully that would be something we get a little more uh, uh, clarity on if the show does continue down the road, whether that's in the Mandalorian season three or in a season two of the Book of Boba Fett. I would be uh, curious to know more. So we find that out, and we find out that Cad Bane has a bit of a plan to try and draw Boba out because the the Pikes are aware that with uh, the Fet Grata dug in to the ruins of the sanctuary, they're going to be a lot harder to get out from there. Uh, but but Cad Bane has a plan, and he's going to try and provoke uh, Fett into conflict. But before we get to that, we cut to an X-wing flying into Moss Eisley, a very familiar X-wing being being piloted. We find out by our good friend R2D2, and he pulls into who others' garage? None other than Pelimoto's garage uh, to to drop off a Grogu, who uh, by no surprise to anyone. Again, something I did actually get right on the show last week. 
there, there, it wasn't a choice for Grogu. He was going to pick the chainmail. He's going to pick that Beskar chainmail armor up, put that stuff on, and return to his daddy. He's returning to Daddy Din, Daddy Din Djarin. And that's what's happening here. R2 is piloting the ship, dropping off Grogu on Tatooine, where they know the, the, the Mandalorian is. And Peli's the one who finds him, and Peli sort of becomes uh, uh, the, the gateway, right? Like, she's going to be the one to ferry little Grogu back to Din Djarin. Uh, but not before, not before they let Peli sort of be the voice of the audience, right? When all the uproar happened, during season two of The Mandalorian, when when Grogu's name was revealed and the people of the, of the internet lost their minds because they didn't like it that much, um, listen, I mean, we talked about it when it happened. Then I wasn't initially when I when it first struck my ears, I wasn't wild about it, but it has grown on me immeasurably since then. And by the end of the episode, I was used to it. And so uh, they they let Pelimoto, aka Amy Sedaris, be the sort of voice of the audience at that point when she's sort of making fun of the name, uh, which I, th- I thought was very, very amusing. And uh, her, Amy's always fantastic on the show. And, and again, she doesn't pop in the credits, I, you know, for at least the credits I read off to you all. So that's a shame because she's so good as Pelly. Uh, but she's such a delight in the episode. And then when, when her and uh, David Pesquesi's character meet up, the major domo, uh, <laughs> there are even more fun and shenanigans ensue because both those characters are, are sort of like the the lighter element in this in this this finale between Peli and uh, when the major domo is going to deliver Boba's terms to the Pikes, and we we will get to that sequence very very shortly uh, because I intend to play that because that gave me a pretty darn good chuckle the way in which he delivers that sequence. The Mandalorian? He's not here. I don't know. He's on a job in Mos Espa. But just slow down. Give me a second. You just got here. Let me say hello to my old pal. Well, hello, bright eyes. Come here. Grogu? Whoa, that's a terrible name. Sorry about that, pal. No way am I calling you that. What do you have here, huh? Something shiny. Well, look at you all fancy. You must be starving. Bring him some dung worms. From here, we get Fennec issuing uh, sort of the covering of the flanks, right? The mods are going out to the Aqualish territories, Black Crescent into the Trandosians, and our Gamoran friends are going to go and keep an eye on the Klaatuinians, right? So all sides of the sanctuary are covered. They can't be out when you're, they can't be outflanked. Yet, who comes walking up demanding to have a meeting with Boba? Cad Bane, again, out there trying to provoke an incident so that Boba can't stay fortified within the remains of the sanctuary. And he's going to do this by uh, dropping some some painful knowledge on Boba Fett. So let's check that out real quick. I will only negotiate with the head of the Pike Syndicate. You mean the one that massacred your Tuscan family and blamed it on a speed-like gang? But Fennec comes in and, and sort of talks Boba down not to uh, incite the initial incident, right? That'll, that'll kick off uh, a, a, a final standoff here at, at the Sanctuary because they're not ready yet. They're still waiting. 
Well, they were still waiting for Cobb Vance forces, but Cad Bane uses this as an opportunity to inform Boa Fett that, uh, yeah, well, you know, after after Din Djarin left last week, I swung by, had a little chat with Cobb Vanth as well, and it didn't go so well for Cobb Vanth. So don't be counting on the people of Freetown to be showing up anytime soon. So, yeah, Boba's starting to get some bad... He's getting some bad news. We're, spending, we're giving Boba a lot of bad news in the first 15 minutes of this episode. Uh, and it's not looking good. Because it's right after this that things turn real quick. As the three Gratas turn, officially turn against Boba Fett and begin to engage in open conflict with his forces. The, the Aqualish against the Mods. The Trandosians swarming against Black Chrysantin. And the... Clatuinians versus the two lone Grimorian guards who, well, listen, let's just cut to the chase. They suffer a horrendous death, in my opinion, <laughs> squealing all the way down from the, the, the cliff out they were on back down into uh, the lower levels of, of Moss Espa. Oof, not pleasant death by any means. And that squeal, just, it'll haunt you forever and ever and ever. Okay, so now we're kind of caught up with the audio clips we played to open the show. Boba and Din Djarin discussing their final stand. The the OG Mandalorian versus the new school Mandalorian. Well, not even versus, just with the new school Mandalorian. As they prepare to make a final stand to go out guns blazing against the Pike Syndicate uh, in an effort to save Mos Espa and uh, potentially themselves. But they, they know it's daunting. Again, this is that Butch Cassidy and Sundance moment. Uh, but the major domo, uh, Mayor, Mayor Moxchez's major domo, again, once again, a prisoner of Boba's for the last episode or two, uh, offers an alternative. He's willing to go out there and negotiate terms, uh, with the Pikes. And so Boba Fett decides he will write down his terms for the major domo to deliver. And that is what we were about to hear. And again, I got a hearty chuckle from the sequence, uh, as, as David, uh, Pasquesi, once again, uh, uh, sort of uses his, uh, I don't know, his unique delivery and his uh, kind of comedic timing uh, to, to maximum efficiency with this sequence. Let's check it out. I, Boba Fett, speaking as daimyo of the Tatooine territories, formerly held by Jabba the Hutt, do present the following offer. Perhaps we should discuss what you'd be willing to... Read it. Following offer. Nothing. Uh, you will leave this planet and your spice trade. If you refuse these terms, <clears throat> the arid sands of Tatooine will once again Flourish with flowered fields fertilized with the bodies of your dead. His words. And there it begins. They were stalling for time, a tactic as old as time. And Din Djarin and Boba Fett now shooting from the air, using their jetpacks to maximum efficiency uh, to, to gain the high ground, if you will, in the initial uh, engagement against the Pike forces in front of the ruins of the sanctuary. And uh, this is where the action really just begins to take off as everything goes full scale. 
throughout this episode. Uh, it, I mean, it gets crazy. The people of Freetown do show up. They're not going to stand there while uh, Marshall Vanth was was gunned down. And there is uh, some interesting phrasing going on here. Uh, to me, and perhaps I, uh, I am mistaken, but when the people of Freetown arrive, uh, and, and they ask about the marshal when Din, I think it's Din, inquires about the marshal. They said he was gunned down in cold blood. To me, that means he's dead, right? Like, oh, Marshal Vanth didn't make it out of that. Now, again, the, the images existed on the internet that he was hit in the shoulder, the upper arm, the upper chest, maybe even. Um, and the people were attempting to tend to his wounds. But when you say gunned down in cold blood, uh, it makes it sound like he's a goner, right? Uh, that's not the case by the end of this episode, and, and we'll definitely talk about it by there by, when we get to that point. But yeah, I was a little, a little bit like surprised with that with that with that expression. I mean, do y'all think I'm crazy for thinking that? <laughs> I mean, it could be an intentional misdirect, and and if so, that's that's fine. I get it. Like whatever, what not whatever. But yeah, I heard it. And I was like, oh 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 shoot! They 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 killed the marshal. Holy smokes! All right. So that gives the people of Freetown. Sort of another incentive for being involved in this, as as these these uh these outworld marauders have come across came to Tatooine and, and killed the man who brought peace to Freetown, right? So yeah, they're they're out to sort of avenge him, if you will, and and yeah, this is where everything begins to take off. Uh, you get Fennec Shan taking off to go help the mods and to go launch an attack of her own against the the Pike leadership based in Moss Eisley. Uh, you, again, I, I can't even describe all the action here because it's it's fantastic. But even before the people of Freetown show up, Din and Boba going back to back with each other, just firing off against the Pikes. It's really spectacular. It's really really well done. You know the way they 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 get hit with their in, in the Beskar, the way they sort of have to roll and compensate. Uh, it's it's a really really fun sequence. I think it's really well done. Robert Rodriguez really goes above and beyond on on, on that on that action sequence. And again. Like I alluded to with my Emperor Palpatine impression, Boba Fett fully armed and operational. This is the Fett we've been wanting to see basically for the entire series thus far. You know, even I commented that like, Boba Fett seems to be getting handled fairly easily early on in this episode. Uh, but, you know, he's gotten full back to treatments. He's, uh, you know, seems to be at, running at full strength. And he's probably a little PO'd right now. He just found out the Pikes killed his Tuscans, his Tuscan family, right? So. So yeah, a lot. The, the stakes have escalated. There's there's far more in for Boba Fett, and he's probably angry, and he's channeling that that anger into the fight. And again, seeing uh, Din and and Boba rocketing around on their jetpacks was awesome. I thought it was super super cool. It's a really great action sequence. I can watch it all day, every day, and I probably will for the next week or so. So as the people of Freetown arrive, and again, it is a really great sequence where it looks like Boba and Din are about to to meet their ends uh, as, they're, as they're, they're getting pinned down by by the blaster fire. They're taking shot after shot on their Besker, and it's only a matter of time as these forces are closing in. So when the tank, or not the tank, I'm sorry, <laughs> but the, when, when the people of Freetown arrive with blasters blazing, uh, and I guess it is sort of a tank, it, it's reminiscent of the, of the ship that's in the in the um, in the Lars family garage, uh, but it's got that forward-facing blaster turret on it, which is pretty awesome. And I don't know if, if Klieg Lars or not Klieg, I don't know if Owen Lars had that on his or not. But hey, it's there, and it comes in pretty handy, blowing away pikes. Uh, so they arrive. They they help get Boba and Din out of the line of fire, buy them some more time, 
And then after Finnick has, sha- has saved the mods from the Aqualish, they arrive on the scene as well. So you're, now you're seeing Boba's forces starting to consolidate back at the central point here in front of the sanctuary. Uh, and then as, as uh, 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 I forgot the mod's name, the, the female mod with the, uh, with the arm. Uh, it mentions how it got a little hairy out there. Uh, that's when we start seeing Trandoshans flying through the air as Black Chrysanthemum has been making his way back to the sanctuary as well. And uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> and he's taking some serious damage because, I listen, as, as the Trandoshans uh, surrounded and engulfed Black Chrysanthemum, I am not going to lie, I was a little concerned that they brought this great character in from the comic book series uh, only to kill him unceremoniously in, in, in the book of Boba Fett, and that really upset me. It made me a little sad. Uh, but to see <laughs> just a Trandoshan flying through the air as, as Chrysanthemum is making his way back is, is pretty impressive. Uh, and, and the amount of damage he's taking, and then uh, Boba Fett making the effort to go out there. You know, he's like, hey, draw their fire. I got to go out there and get my, get my, get my Wookiee back. And uh, I, again, it's just really great stuff. It's sort of an, uh, an emotional, uh, emotional in, in the sense like it's playing on your emotions. It's like you want him to save that guy, so he goes out and does it. Like that's what you want. That's what this show sort of is. Like it wants, it give, it's giving you what you want. You know, it's giving you those basic, basic things. That's straightforward, direct storytelling. Which again, I, I would argue is very much who Boba Fett is. Um, and again, not to go into too much of a sidetrack. I think people wanted some kind of deeper exploration of Boba Fett's psyche, which I think would be very, very interesting, but that's not what this show is. Uh, so, so seeing him make that move is, is pretty awesome. Again, there's no going back for the Gamorreans, though. We know what happened to the Gamorrean guards. Oof. Painful. Painful death. So it's at this point that the pikes begin to fall back, and the people of Freetown rejoice, and the mods rejoice, and everyone's like, hey, man, this is great. We did a great job. We won. Hooray! Well, Din Djarin, you know, using the, the, the amazing technology in his Mandalorian armor, um, well, he's got some bad news. I wouldn't celebrate yet. We got problems. We got real problems. We are, of course, referring to the Scorpion Deck Battle Droids, a sort of evolution of the droidicas that we all know so well from Star Wars, the Clone Wars, and, and the, the, the prequel films. This is sort of an evolution of them. They're big, they're bad. They have force shields. Uh, they have little spiky stepper legs, you know, spider-like kind of like legs, like the droidicas did. Uh, and they are fierce, and there's two of them, and they're about to cause our heroes a ton of problems. So... Boba and Din engage the droids. It's it's a uh, definitely an uphill struggle for the for for our heroes, uh, but they're trying to buy time so the people of Freetown, the mosque, everyone can kind of get away from these droids. It's a bad situation, uh, but Boba Boba's starting to formulate a plan. Let's check in with them, see how they're doing. These two will destroy the whole city. Our energy weapons can't get through, and our kinetic weapons have too much velocity. <gasps> can you protect the others? I can distract them for a spell. Why? Watch out! <gasps> Reinforcements. From where? You've run out of friends. Protect the others. All right. So, Bo, if it rockets off to who knows where, leaves Din Djarin to protect the others against these two super battle droids, basically. Super droidicas, if you will. Uh, it, I'm curious how you all felt about watching the sequence, but when he says he goes, he's, he needs to go get reinforcements, and, and Din asks from where... I think our minds all went to the same place. 
because again, this this show at this point in in the finale, we're we're, we're pulling those threads together from the earlier episodes, right? So why not pull on a thread from chapter four? I think it's chapter four. I may be misremembering. When Boba Fett is is offered a gift from the the Hut twins on their way off of Tatooine. Yes, of course, I am referring to the Rancor. But before the Rancor arrives, other things happen to sort of uh, uh, take up Din's time. Let's check in on that scenario. We found you! I got a surprise for you! Turn around! What? Turn around! Can't hear you! Yes, that's right. Pelimoto arrives with the droid carriage like we saw the one from Mas Espa earlier. I think it was in the... the Chapter 3, with the one that introduced us to the mod characters, right? So we get to see this destroyed again, this time toting Pelimoto, and again, freaking the heck out as as uh, the super battle droid is coming to kill everybody. And I love how Mando hitches a ride on the back uh, to help get away from the droid. Uh, another thing I, I want to mention here, too, and, and you know, I, I try to sing the praises of, of the, the people in the Mandalorian suit, the people in Din Djarin's suit. Uh, for the filming, uh, uh, Brendan Wayne and Latif Crowder. Uh, I don't know how much Latif did in this in, in in the book of Boba Fett because there's not as much like hand to hand martial stuff, uh, which is I think his specialty when he's wearing Din's armor. Uh, but it, regardless, Brendan Wayne and and if it, if it is Latif, indeed they both do fantastic jobs, uh, uh, just <laughs> running around like crazy in that armor. Uh, <laughs> and there's something I don't know what it is. There's something very entertaining. Uh, watching the Mandalorian run for dear life from the super battle droids. And again, remember the Mandalorian's history with droids. Like, you know, they killed his parents. They These, these battle droids, these uh, uh, remnants of the Clone Wars, are what made him an orphan. Now, he has softened his stance on droids. You know, we saw him with BD-1 when he and uh, Peli were putting together the N1 a couple chapters ago in Chapter, in chapter 5. And and uh, um, so he softened a little bit too, but I mean, again, he's still got to have a personal stake against some of these some of these uh, super battle droids, right? Because of what they did to him in his past, and now here he is in 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 um, in dire straits against one that that is looking to wreck him, and he doesn't even know why exactly Pelly came and what she brought. But let's go ahead and show, let's. I'm curious about what it is too. Let's find out what what Pelly brought. That what's what's his big surprise? She's talking about. What are you doing here? Oh, okay, little guy. I'm happy to see you too. I didn't know when I'd see you again. It's okay. Yeah, I missed you too, buddy. But uh, we're in a bit of a bind here right now. Be careful, you keep your head down. You stay hidden until the fight's over. Hey, that's the shirt. You got the shirt. Save your tender moment! We've got a Scorpionic droid chasing us! Alright, there we go. And then, to get, make it even more touching, when the Scorpion Deck droid blows out the carriage and sends them all flying to the air, who 
but Din Djarin will, will swoop in to save little Grogu from hitting the ground and possibly meeting an untimely ending after they've just been reunited. But again, they inject that tender moment into the middle of this crazy over-the-top action sequence, and I couldn't get enough of it. I was here for all of it. thought it was an absolute delight. And again, this episode, it, it, it's an hour-long movie at a breakneck pace. Lots of great action sequences. So much money thrown into this episode of, of the series. Uh, awesome, awesome stuff. And we're still waiting for Boba Fett to show up with his big surprise. I get it. That's not a great sequence to play on a podcast. It's a lot of growling, and you're not seeing the cool visuals. But, you know, I'm setting the mood. Setting the mood for y'all. So, and it's I love the Rancor's emergence, uh, how it sort of uh, it, it stops the droid, and, and it, he realizes there's a bigger threat on the horizon, so he stops shooting at Din and Peli and, and Grogu uh, so that he can focus on this, this bigger looming target that's coming his way. Uh, and it's, it's reminiscent of Godzilla movies, the way that you see... Uh, the Rancor moving between the buildings and the way it sort of scales up to to come into attack. Again, the Rancor gaining the high ground on the, on the Scorpion Deck droid. Uh, and then, of course, the, the, the great shot as it, leers de- as it sort of comes up over and we see the rider on top of the Rancor. Boba Fett riding a Rancor like he talked about doing in the fifth... Uh, I'm sorry, in the fourth chapter when he met cool Danny Trejo and... <laughs> And apparently, this is why he's not in episodes f- or chapters five and six. He's really busy learning how to ride a Rancor. All right, that stuff takes time. Let's go over to the Mandalorian. We don't want to see Boba Fett falling off the Rancor every five seconds. Like that's not cool. So yeah, Boba was busy. He had things going on during chapter five and six. We know what it was. Now learning how to ride that Rancor. Are you happy now, Internet? Will you will you be cool? Will you relax? Probably not. Probably not. But it's a really great image. And obviously it's a throwback to, to Bubba Fett's first appearance. We, go once, we reference once again the Star Wars Holiday Special, something that John Favreau has said a billion times he's a big fan of, uh, where, where Boba's riding that, that, that giant creature. It's not a mythosaur. I forget. I, I think they named it. I forget the name of it offhand. But you know that giant creature? Kind of like a brontosaurus, honestly, like a real space brontosaurus. Smashing up with a seahorse, and that's what he was riding in the Disney Holiday Special. Er, the Disney Holiday Special, the Star Wars Holiday Special from like 1978, nine. I can't remember now. You know what I mean. You know what I'm referring to. You get it. You understand. So we're we're back there. We're calling it back to that. And again, Boba Fett riding a Rancor. This is another element that was introduced in that fourth chapter. We're pulling it all together. We're bringing this tapestry together. We are making our picture complete. Are making our picture whole. And I'm here for every single second of it. But remember, there are two of the Scorpion Deck droids, and while Boba and his Rancor go after one, another one is going after Din, and 
little baby Grogu. And Grogu decides to get involved. He's got some Force powers now. You know, he's, he's remembering things. Maybe Luke's helped awaken some of his Force abilities, his latent Force abilities. And he's going he's gonna to pull a, a critical bolt out of that Scorpion deck droid and send it crashing to the ground. Doesn't quite destroy it, but it gives, it gives a, 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 a Din an opportunity to, to try and once again destroy this droid. Now, I want to talk about Din's efforts here before uh, Grogu had to get involved. Like, he gets on top of the Scorpion deck, right? And he severs off one of the cannon arms, and he tries to stab it through its, its sort of a head, if you will, its sort of electric eye, and he, he can't quite disable it. Like, these are really powerful droids in a lot of senses. But with the ease at which he was able to cut through the cannon arm on the, on the Scorpion deck, why not take out that other arm as well so at least at the very i mean again din not the best with the dark saber just yet but he's doing a little bit better this time than when we last saw him and perhaps part of that is because of his reunion with grogu so he's a little bit more centered now not as as unfocused and divided as he was in in prior episodes uh in, pri in prior combat with with the dark saber i should say you know from from when we saw him training against against the armorer uh, so I, 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 again, Din, Din's sometimes he makes mistakes in combat. <laughs> I feel like this is one of those ones where before he got bucked off the Scorpion deck, he probably should have at least taken out that uh, second cannon arm, um, p reducing its threat level. But again, uh, the, 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 those pincher spider legs are still there. They're going to do some damage. Din's going to get pinged by those, but Grogu's going to come out to the rescue. He's going to attempt to at least. And uh, yeah, I mean, the, again, the action sequences are off the charts here. If you're not having fun, what are you doing here? It's really good stuff. Quick correction. <laughs> I got my Scorpion decks mixed up. I forgot. there was The second Scorpion deck is actually pinning down the people of Freetown and the mods in one section of town. So Boba and Din are up against the same one. And, and it's through the Rancor's actions that Din is able to get through the shields, weaken them enough, uh, and, and basically reduce the shield levels uh, before the Rancor comes in and rips the Scorpion deck apart, which is, which is when we get... Uh, uh, Boba Fett kind of kind of channeling his own Chancellor Palpatine when he's like, "Do it," and just rips that droid in pieces. And now we cut back to uh, uh, the mod, the mods, and the people of Freetown still pinned down. We got the mods and the and the people of Freetown teaming up from a sniper position to try and uh, draw the fire away from the from the other team, from the rest of the team. And Boba Fett's going to arrive now, do some damage, throw that droid into a building. But again, these droids are tougher than nails. So now, with the other Scorpion deck destroyed, uh, they think it's over. They think it's over. The, the, the Pikes have to re rally themselves, right? They're gonna make a final. St they gotta make the final stand of their own now. The tide has shifted, but in comes Cad Bane, who starts. He's got a little flamethrower action of his own, and he's gonna get Boba Fett thrown from the Rancor, uh, and that's and and he's gonna chase the Rancor off with that flamethrower. Excuse me, my goodness, and and sort of send. The Rancor on a bit of a King Kong X-esque um, um, rampage through the streets of Mos Espa. Uh, we, we'll talk about that. You know, again, it's it, it's it's pretty straightforward. I mean, it's it's a King Kong reference by by a million miles, and it, but it's fun to see it. And, and Din Djarin sort of becomes um, oh I oh the name of that character, the Fate Dunaway character. If you remember the '85 Kong movie, um, <laughs> he kind of gets that moment where he's held up. You know, by the Rancor, and and uh, it, again, it's amusing as heck to watch the Rancor attempt to bite Din Djarin's head off, uh, but is, is saved by the Beskar. Now, before that, before Cad Bane gets Boba Fett thrown off, we get to see 
the Rancor just go crazy on some pikes, uh, tossing them around, throwing them, eating them, smashing them, stomping them. Uh, it's it's a really delightful, delightful action sequence that I couldn't get enough of. And, and like, like this episode, there's so much in this episode to rewatch and just have fun with. And and that's the joy of this final chapter for me is is it's just fun. It's really really fun. You know, the Mandalorian and its season finales have been great, uh, but they've had a, a, a bigger emotional component to them, right? This is straightforward. This is direct. This is like Boba Fett himself. Uh, not that Boba Fett's fun, but he's straightforward and direct. And that's basically what this episode is. But it's for your enjoyment, and you're enjoying the, the eye candy that we're getting for this one. All right, so now we get our big showdown, Boba Fett and Cad Bane. Let's check this out. I've known you a long time, Bobo. One thing I can't figure. What's your angle? This is my city. These are my people. I will not abandon them. Like the Tuscans. Don't toy with me. I'm not a little boy any longer. You are an old man. I'm still faster than you. That may be, but I have armor. Let's find out. So we'll pause it here real quick because we should make sure. Again, if you watch the episode, you noticed. I mean, when he, when Boa came back with the Rancor, he had his gaffy stick with him. And, uh, again, if you didn't think that was going to come into play at some point in this, you had to be mistaken because he has to kind of... The one thing he hasn't really done is sort of get payback for his, his, his Tuscan family, right? He thinks he did. You know, he killed that Nikto Speeder gang. But now that Cad Bane's delivered the news that the Pikes are involved, there, there's a, it, it sort of reopens that wound for him. Uh, and so why not kind of bring back that element, the, that, that Tuscan adopted sort of heritage that he sort of accrued uh, as he, you know, when he first escaped from the Sarlacc pit. Let's go ahead and check out the rest of the, the showdown. Again, there, it's probably not going to be stunning audio, but hear the drama, hear the music. The Ludwig Gorenson score is fantastic. Feel the tension. about the time you jet off to your Bacter tank. This is my city! You gave it a shot. You tried to go straight, but you've got your father's blood pumping through your veins. You're a killer. This isn't the first time I beat you out on a job. There's no shame in it. Just interject real quick. This is when Cad Bane pulls off Boba's helmet because he's going for the kill shot right now. Consider this my final lesson. Look out for yourself. Anything else is weakness. Oh. Uh. 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 
All right, Boba, using the gaffy stick, the Gadurfi stick, whichever one you want to go with, has just reclaimed the high ground <laughs> from Cad Bane. Cad Bane on his back has been disarmed. And, yeah, Boba Fett, it's got that look. He's got that look in his eyes that can't mean anything good for Cad Bane. I knew you were a killer. Okay, so, Boba has just stabbed Cad Bane with the gaffy stick. Cad Bane's has knocked off. We see that metal plate, the metal plate from that we initially saw in Star Wars The Bad Batch that indicates that, yes, indeed, Cad Bane and Boba Fett had that, they still had that duel as part of their their, their history with each other uh, that put the dent in Boba's helmet. And Boba, but Boba got a piece of Cad Bane too, and that's why he has that metal plate there. But, but, Boba now has the upper hand. Something I want you to pay attention to, something to speculate on, something to, to keep in the back of our heads for down the road. As Cad Bane lays here with the point of the, of the gaffy stick in his chest, just listen. Here's that little pulse, that little tick there. Something blinking in indicator light on Cad Bane's uh, uh, over over what would be our hearts. I'm not quite sure what it is on a Duro, but is that something that indicates that Cad Bane might have uh, a plan in place? That Cad Bane may not be as dead as we think he is. That maybe that's indicating or signaling something or activating something to keep him alive or to call for, for help. Remember, he has a little Toto his little droid friend from Star Wars The Clone Wars, uh, perhaps that's signaling him to come get him and throw him in the back to tank. This is a crazy amount of speculation. But that beeping, I would suspect that means something. (laughs) We'll see, though, right? Uh, So keep that in mind as you you sort of process your feelings about seeing Cad Bane come into this series uh, last week only to be dispatched and, and done with, done away with in this episode. Now, here's where I will talk to you a little bit about uh, the sort of like the one thing I think I might have done a little bit differently had I been in charge of this episode or, or had anything to do with the writing of this episode, uh, which for the record, I did not and I do not. <laughs> I was not consulted, nor was I uh, uh, considered to, to, for, for any positions involving this series. So they don't care what I think of any of it. I would, I would uh, uh, posit this idea, right? If you have come up with the idea that you're going to, in, in this show, you're going to bring in live-action Cad Bane, bring him into the fold, into this series. Why not bring him in sooner? You know, those of us who are or who are immersed in Star Wars, we understand that these two characters have a rich history with one another, but it happened in Star Wars The Clone Wars, which is something that the, the more casual Star Wars fan doesn't know. Now, again, if you are one of those Star Wars fans that is very casual, that's okay. And again, go onto your Disney Plus and you watch Clone Wars whenever you want to. It's, it's there for the taking. Enjoy it. It's a great show. It gets off to a slow start, but it picks up. And, and again, you get great stuff like this between Boba Fett and, and Cad Bane. Um, 
But I think for that newer audience, wouldn't it have been more fun if Cad Bane was sort of like an adversary much earlier in the series? I'm thinking, I'm thinking by episode three makes more sense, right? Because again, in episodes one and two, we're dealing with a ton of the flashback material, and the Pikes haven't even even really the Pikes were introduced, but they weren't necessarily going to be our main opponent for Boba in the present day time. We, we were just learning about them coming into Tatooine uh, through the Tuscan storyline. If you bring, I think if you bring Cad Bane in, in earlier, you allow you allow that relationship to sort of be more fully explored uh, for the new audience. You can you can refer to the fact that Cad Bane's antagonizing Boba, probably antagonizing Shan because they both have history with him in one form or another. Uh, so let him be a bit more provocative in in your storyline in your plot elements. Let him sort of be the nemesis. All right. I mean, the Pikesen are—they're great bad guys, but they're—they're they're basically a gang. You bring in Cad Bane as sort of like the face of this gang, sort of like the enforcer for this gang. Last week, uh, but it's in, in, again, in a very small part, and I'm not critiquing that because again, I love the way they did that. But I'm—I'm I'm just putting it out there to think about, to consider. Wouldn't it have been more fun to see Cad and Boba kind of going back and forth with each other over the course of the season. Just a thought. Just wanted to throw that out there. And and when we do our, our after-action report on Boba Fett, I'll, I'll throw that out to you out there to my guests and see what he thinks. Uh, and maybe he agrees, maybe he disagrees. We will find out. What do you all think? You know what to do. Hit me up on social media. Let me know. Would you have wanted more Cad Bane? More, uh, more of a rivalry? More of a, um, a nemesis situation? All of it would have been fun. Is <laughs> At this point in the episode, we now focus on our out-of-control rancor, the King Kong... Uh, reference for sure. Again, he climbs that giant tower in Mos Espa. Din attempts to kind of get the get the Rancor back under control. He realizes that the people are only agitating it by shooting at it. Uh, but so he's trying to calm it down. He tries to take the reins, but uh, the Rancor is no blurg. Uh, so uh, Din does not have that skill set at this time. Uh, but, but, little Grogu does. And, and little Grogu, using the Force in a way like he hasn't done early in the episode when he was attempting to, to fight the Scorpion Deck droid uh, to help Din. Uh, he's able to use the Force to calm the Rancor down, to lull it to sleep, to, to sort of soothe it, all right, and, and to get its emotions back under control. Uh, and then in the ultimate feat of cuteness, as the Rancor falls asleep, uh, little Krogu goes up next to it, you know, puts his hands on it, and then he decides he's going to take a nap right next to the Rancor, uh, which I thought was adorable. Uh, <laughs> uh, but that, yeah, that that's that sort of brings the action in Moss Espa to an end, and now we shift our focus to Fennec Shand, who's been missing for the rest for the majority of this episode, as she's about to dispatch with the heads of the three Moss Espa Grotas again, the the Aqualish, the Trandosians, and the uh, the 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 um um um, um oh my gosh, <laughs> the Klatu- the Klatuin- Klatuins Klatuinians. I think I said, no, I said it wrong. Klatuinians? Klatuinians. Excuse me. My, I do that all the time. I, I've been saying Klatuinians since I was a little kid, and I had the action figure from, from, from Return of the Jedi. And for, so for some reason, Klatuinian is seared in my brain, and so I say it a lot, and I know it's wrong. Uh, luckily, no one has been mean about it when I say it. But yeah, Klatu, <laughs> the Klatuinians. Um, and dispatches them, dispatches with Mayor Mokshiez, uh, which is done by hanging. So you're seeing the, the feet of, of, of Mayor Machiaz in, in these scenes, uh, which is, uh, I don't know, I really liked it. I thought it was really fun. Uh, and then 
as as the the head of the Pike Syndicate is is sort of surveying the se- the series and, and attempting to get out of there, he stabbed with a blade through his, the front of his chest as he's stabbed from behind by Fennec Shand, and uh, that is the end of the 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 Grotas, the crime families of Mos Espa as as. Uh, this has been an opportunity for Boba Fett to clear the decks, and he now has soul control, be it father of your rock and roll. Oh, that's sorry, that's public enemy. And now he, <laughs> Boba Fett is the sole ruler. Again, ruler's not the right word, but he's sort of like the sole kingpin of, of Mos Espa. He runs it, he has full control the way Jabba used to before Bib Fortuna sort of divided up the territories. Will he be able to hold on to it? Will there be outsiders coming for him? I guess that's what we will have to wait and see. So as we kind of get our, as the people of Mos Espa begin to rebuild after this this gang war through their streets, and that let's buy that's basically what we got here, right? Is the gangs in New York, but in Mos Espa, uh, as they're rebuilding now, Fennec and Boba Fett walking the streets to people paying respect and homage to Boba uh, by by offering him foods and bowing to him and and. Uh, Thanking him for his efforts to save them from the from the gang war to, to consider the people of Mos Espa before his own personal interests, uh, and then we get a little throwaway line about a certain tank. Let's check it out. Uh, why does it have to be the right arm? You should take a nice soak in the bath tank. It's being used. Why must everyone bow at me? Well, it's better than shooting. Those are my only two choices. When you run the town, it is. Thank you. We are not suited for this. If not us, then who? So that, that catches up on the end of the Tatooine action. Chrysanthemum, the mods, Boba Fett, sort of uh, uh, his forces in play, kind of coming together. I guess I, guess I should say the remaining mods, right? Because a lot of them do get gunned down in, in the sequence. Uh, but yeah, he solidified his sta- his, cl- his claim to to Tatooine, to Mos Espa, uh, and everything seems to be coming up Boba right now, which is good for him. Uh, and then we get the again, you hear the chords, you hear the notes. The beginning of the Mandalorian theme, right? As we are now going to go up into orbit, as departing in the new N1 shuttle, which still doesn't have a name yet. And it, again, if you if didn't see it coming, <laughs> in that that new uh, uh, in the, in the former droid socket is now a little little chamber for for little Grogu to hang out, and he's uh, he's tapping that little ball that Mando gave him back when when they reunited. And and Bo and and Din is trying to ignore him, trying to tell him, nope, not doing it, not happening, nope, nope, nope. And then a, a little bit more of a forceful banging from from little Grogu, and he says, "All right, one more time." And we'll play that sequence in a minute <laughs> because it amuses me. No. No. All right. But 
this is the last time. There's the end of the show. So, yeah, I mean, if that ending doesn't indicate that we are heading straight forward into Mandalorian Season 3, I don't know what does. Just so freaking delightful. So exciting. Uh, again, we can, we can, there are criticisms to be made of the series. And again, I, I think you can, you can criticize Star Wars and, and talk about Star Wars uh, in, in an honest way that isn't insulting or, or mean-spirited, right? And, and we will probably be having that conversation uh, when we do our After Action report, which will be out on Monday, if all goes well. Uh, Tuesday at the latest, okay? Uh, yeah, we'll take one more week off of uh, Star Wars The Clone Wars to do the After Action, and then the following week we'll get back into Star Wars The Clone Wars uh, and, and use that to fill the time until the, the Kenobi show comes out at the beginning of May. That's the rumor, at least. I don't think Disney's officially confirmed it, though. the the sort of uh, this sort of tweet indicated that May the fourth might be the day that Kenobi does debut on Disney Plus, and we will be here to talk about that. Hopefully, day of. We'll see what my schedule looks like in May. That's a ways off. But yeah, what did you all think of Book of Boba Fett? I mean, there was a lot of critics. There were a lot of critics against this show, and I think many of them had well-founded ideas why they didn't like it, well-founded statements and, and, and notions of, of, of why this isn't working for them, what they wanted to see from it. I, I can't argue against a lot of the professional journalists who have had legitimate critiques and criticisms of the show. I, I don't disagree with anything they said necessarily. Uh, I do disagree with their ability to just enjoy the moment, right? Just go for the ride and have fun with it. And I mean, again, that's a critic's job, right? They, they're not going to sit around and go for the ride. They're, they're going to break it down uh, in, in what's wrong with it cinematically, visually, storytelling-wise, the whole thing. And I, I do understand that. that. That is their job. That's what they're paid for. I'm not paid. <laughs> so, what, you know, why I don't want to... I, I have no interest in tearing Star Wars down. That's why we don't talk about certain elements of Star Wars that I don't, don't care for, um, which are few. But and maybe one day we will when I when I feel like I can have that conversation uh, politely. I I got a kick out of the show. It, it it it's I think people forget that the Mandalorian had its detractors as well for certain episodes. You know, remember the big criticism of the Mandalorian was like, oh, every episode it feels like side quests. You know, it's like, hey, Mando, we'll tell you this if you'll go do this. You know, and 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 that was a big knock on the Mandalorian too. And then you get like these those those emotional gut punch episodes uh, particularly in season two with with uh, with um, the the s final two episodes of that season uh, it basically started when, when Grogu was abducted by Moff Gideon and then what what Mando has to do to find Moff Gideon and then the episode itself which reintroduced us to Luke Skywalker uh, so people seem to forget that that criticism they had of the Mandalorian episodes when it was sort of what they considered quote-unquote side questing Boba Fett had its its highs and lows uh, as well, and and but by and large the show is still massively enjoyable. The critiques against the mods, I like. If you're not over that by now, I don't know what else to tell you. They're here to stay. They're part of Boba Fett's uh, entourage, if you will, and get used to it. Um, <laughs> I, I I don't see them getting ridden off. If there's a season two of the show, they're here to stay, and it's it's part of Boba's mythology now, and and. 
I still think episode two, that episode with Boba and the Tuscans, I still think that was some of the most phenomenal Star Wars I've seen on television in, in forever. I mean, that was an incredible episode of TV. And, and that should not be taken away because uh, we didn't like the color of the mod's speeders in the third episode. Or we didn't like that Boba Fett wasn't even in chapters 5 and 6. It became the Mandalorian 2.5. I mean, yeah, I get it. I understand. But like as we just as we as we laid out for you, Boba Fett was busy learning how to ride a Rancor, so he decided to share the stage with his good friend Din Djarin. I'm that's that's the story and I'm sticking to it, gosh darn it. That's what we're saying about that. So I really did enjoy this series by and large. I think it all came together in this episode, every every seed that was planted, every thread that was laid there, they pulled it together. We got the tapestry. Was it a, was it this big, deep, rich tapestry that we all thought it might be? No, not so much. But it's still a fun tapestry to look at. Uh, you know, I'd hang that on my wall any day. It looks it looks real nice over there, right above the fireplace, looking good. And that's where I f- I stand on this. It's it's so funny if you go on to like IMDb or Rotten Tomatoes, uh, any of those those sites that have like an episode guide. And you look at the ratings for the episodes, right? Uh, it, the The ratings for the Mandalorian episode are off the charts for the last two installments for chapters five and six, which are basically focused on the Mandalorian and 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 Grogu. So it's it's pretty wild to me that uh, the the sort of reviews for this one are not even close to that. What like those are rating like nine and a half. And this one's only not even getting a full eight yet on IMDb, which again, to me is crazy. So clearly we have to ask the question, and this is something I will bring up on our after action report, but has Din Djarin, the Mandalorian surpassed Boba Fett as our favorite Mandalorian armored person? Uh, because we can't call Boba Fett a Mandalorian anymore. He doesn't want anything to do with that. So calling him that seems insulting to him. But has Din sort of replaced our idea of what the Mandalorian is? And he's, is he now our favorite? And I guess that's a reasonable question to ask. So we will try to explore that uh, down the road when we do our after action, okay? I don't know what else I want to say about this episode uh, other than be careful. <laughs> the internet was crazy. Twitter in particular was pretty wild this week leading up to the final episode with just throwing out all kinds of random things about who's going to show up in this episode, who's going to show up in this season finale of the Book of Boba Fett. And there were all kinds of, of crazy things in there. Obviously, Luke was a popular choice because of the the uh, the the absolutes that he laid down for Grogu, right? You know, Sith only dealing absolutes. Sith and Luke Skywalker. That's I, That's a joke. Relax know what i'm doing there you know but we uh, the internet had everything going for it like oh is han solo gonna show up is is uh you know bosk gonna show up <laughs> is kira gonna show up you know are, are we gonna get uh crimson dawn uh it, it, the whole thing i mean like, like if there was a, a, a tertiary star wars character who we haven't heard from in a while their name was out there showing up in this episode of the show uh and something that i said a while ago towards the beginning of, of, of this of the show was i don't want it to do that this show, this this series, shouldn't be based around who's going to show up per episode or in each episode or to save the day in the final episode. Like that's not how the show should work. And I'm really glad that that's not what happened in this episode. I'm really glad that Luke Skywalker did not get involved. He just had R2 drop off Grogu and then head back to the temple. 
I like that it, it, it pulled together the cast that we've gotten to know from The Mandalorian. I thought that worked out really nicely. Again, you know, people keep writing these things off as cameos, but it's like, this is the mythology. Like, this, the, the, the Mandalorian laid the groundwork, and Boba Fett's picking up that groundwork and, and working it into, into its mythology as well. You know, we spent a lot of time on Tatooine, so why are we not embracing these characters when they, when they come back into the fold? Uh, we didn't talk about the after credit sequence, which was the, the mod doctor uh, in Boba's palace and, and a, a figure in the back to tank. As Boba Fett said, it was being used. Uh, and, and the figure we see very quickly, by the way, they didn't linger on it at all. So I don't know if they actually got uh, Timothy Oliphant to do this or if it's like some kind of CGI trick. So they didn't want to linger on it, linger on it for too long so it looked fake. Uh, but it looks like Cobb Vanth in Boba Fett's back to tank and about to receive some sort of modification, if you will. So I'm, I'm curious to see uh, if that pays out in Mandalorian Season 3 or if it's in Book of Boba Fett Season 2. You know, we don't know yet. Uh, cybernetic arm, some kind of cybernetic eye. I don't know. I guess we're gonna have to wait and see. But uh, not. It wasn't. Uh, I didn't find it to be that provocative, of of a of a tag of a post credit tag. But you know, I'm glad that 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 Vanth uh, is not done. That we get to see more Timothy Oliphant in Star Wars. That makes me happy beyond words because I am a huge Timothy Oliphant fan. So that's a good news. That's really really exciting stuff. And and keep that in mind. But yeah, yeah, a final, you know, kind of picking up where I left off. I don't want Star Wars to get too focused on on bringing back characters or, or like having to like have character X come out of nowhere to 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 sort of aid our title characters again. I think that's detracting from the overall story we're trying to tell of of, of the titular character, right? You know, it, it worked out for for Luke in in the Mandalorian season two, but by and large. In season one of the Mandalorian, Mandalorian had to call in all his relationships to survive that ordeal, and that's how it was going in season two. But they were facing overwhelmingly bad circumstances that were not in their favor. So Luke coming in makes sense because they they planted the seeds for that two episodes ago. Uh, so you know, as Star Wars fans, we get into the we we, we want to see our favorites come back. We want to see characters that we like come back into the fold, and it's it's a slippery slope. That's all I really want to say about it. It's, I'm not against it. I'm not for it. If it makes sense, by by all means. And I've said it before. I, I want to see a Star Wars show that spends more time in the underworld where, you know, one episode we spend on Boba Fett. Another episode we spend with, you know, smugglers like Han and Chewie. And, and we sort of like weave between them and then come bring it all together in a, in a season finale. You know, th- that's the sort of the way I want to explore the underworld and have these characters interact in a, in a tapestry. And, like, this is pretty darn close to that. So, if Han Solo were, were to show up in this episode, it needs to have been set up, you know, three episodes ago at the very least. You know, like Boba Fett needs to have like something like I reached out to a to a old adversary because I'm desperate. Like things look bad, but maybe this guy will throw me a bone here because he threw me down a sarlacc pit and didn't even know it. That's all I'm saying. Again, Star Wars is a slippery slope sometimes uh, because we want we want our favorites to come back. We want to see. Uh, our 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 heroes, or or just care again, just characters. We like Star Wars is so rooted in one particular time frame that it gets a little bit hard to navigate sometimes because the the fan expectations are so much. Because the fan expectations are like we want this, we want this, and I think I'm glad the show isn't catering to that. At least not in my opinion. I don't know if you agree or disagree with me. I think Cad Bane coming back makes sense. He and Boba have history. He has a history with Fennec. And he's a great character. So why not bring him back? 
we, we just have to be careful with it. And that's all. And, and again, I'm glad that this episode stayed within its confines. Everything that happened in this episode was set up and, and paid off, in my opinion. What do you all think? I'm not going to ramble anymore. Uh, we have, like I said, we have the after action episode coming up where I'm sure there will be a lot of rambling between me and my guests because that is what we do best, especially when it comes to Star Wars. So it's going to be a real, real delight. And uh, I'm, I'm beyond excited to have him on. He has not been on the podcast yet. Uh, but he is, he and I, uh, we are what they call fans of the Fed, <laughs> old school fans of the Fed, and so we're we're going to get into it really, really nicely. Uh, I'm, I don't think I have anything else left to say about about the finale of Boba Fett. Again, it's just straightforward fun. It's a good time. Don't take it too seriously. Don't look for any deeper meaning. You know, again, I'd love to have a psychological exploration of Boba Fett, but I don't think this is a show we're going to get. And I am in favor of a season two. I'm just going to say it right now. Now that Boba Fett's kind of cemented his his claim, uh, let's see where he goes. Let's see what he wants to do differently. Let's finally get to that point uh, now that the gang war is out of the way and he can sort of change the system like he talked about. Let's see if that, he can make that happen. Let's see if he can do that for us. All right, we're going to get out of here. We're, we've gone long, but it was a long episode of the show, so there was a lot to talk about, lots to chew on and, and spit out. Uh, before we go, I want to thank... Or actually, let me remind you all first. If you're new to the show, welcome aboard. I hope you you've enjoyed our Boba Fett episodes. I hope you stick around for the rest of our episode. Uh, rest of our episodes because we do fun Star Wars, uh, the Clone Wars rewatches. We do random news episodes. I mean, it's it's a whole thing. We do we do a lot of fun things here. So, uh, support us by joining us on social media. Okay, at Mando underscore Vision, Twitter and Instagram. Email the show MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. Make sure you're liking, subscribing, sharing the show with all the other Mandalorians in your covert. Uh, remember, if you also have the opportunity, five-star reviews are so insanely helpful for the show, and we truly, truly appreciate you taking the time to do it. They are what help small independent shows like us stand out, not get lost in the shuffle of the overwhelming amount of choices you have before you. If you are interested in financially helping the show, you can become a Mandovision Maniac at patreon.com forward slash Mandovision. You can join your fellow maniacs and gain access to sweet bonus content. There will be new, new bonus content coming very, very soon. Uh, I'm a little behind schedule, but we will get that new episode out for y'all in the near future. Thank you to our current Patreons, the Aspen Hill Chody, the Batman Abejo, Jeff Nail. Jeff is a co-host on The Ring and Ear. Check them out, a great music podcast. Thanks to Evil Circle, the evilest of all circles. The Squidmaster General, Mr. Brian Broussard. The New Jersey Devil, Mark Wegemer. Our very own Joker and Harley Quinn, Brian and Krista, a prior brewing company here in San Diego and now in Baltimore, Maryland. Awesome. The Beer Hop Brigadier General, Jesus Beer Hops. The Silent Assassin, He Who Should Not Be Named, and Syndicate Ram, co-host of the Come On It's So Good podcast and super good friend of mine. So thank you all so, so much. You keep the lights on. You keep the show running. And uh, hey, hopefully hopefully you keep the show getting better. That's even more important, right? Because we want a good podcast. All right, let's get out of here. We've gone on forever. I'm, I'm, I'm almost out of saliva. I just I can't talk anymore. It's, it's, it's done. It's over. Let's get out of here. You know what that means. This podcast can only end one way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. <laughs>